Welcome to episode 13, part 2 of the Books to Last podcast, covering the remaining book choices from Lollig and Mary from Bookshrine podcast. This is continuing from our previous episode, so if you haven't listened to that first one, I recommend you do. It's really fun. This one has even more of the same really interesting tangents, including a very brief uh, dive into the differences between British and American political systems. Uh, I really hope you enjoy. on to our fourth books in the lists what is going to be joining you you in your locations okay so it seems like I'm, I'm having a theme and for some reason I wrote genre non-fiction <laughs> even though the last three books have been non-fiction or two books um wow. I'm changed the genre from non-fiction to more of a memoir mm-hmm. um it's a promised land by Barack Obama It just came out last year and I read it. It's like 700 something pages. But as somebody who grew up, like obviously when Obama was president in America, I think it is very nice to have like to read his point of view of all the eight years that he served as a president and him trying to explain or even tell me like tell everybody the story of what really happened from his point of view because we can literally make up a story and say this is what happened Mm -hmm. but I wasn't there so it was kind of nice to read his point of view and I just really really enjoyed that book and I would recommend it to anybody who had an impact by Barack Obama in the eight years that he was president. I have been meaning to read both of the Obama's books because I've heard it sort of oh, said. Becoming is, all, is well, so good. Yeah. That's a runner up. <laughs> well, I've, I've heard it said that um, like Barack Obama and Michelle Obama are two of the most gifted orators of this generation. And it's absolutely beggar's belief that they're also husband and wife because yes. they're so gifted with the way that they are able to convey their points and and yeah just their way with words is just amazing um like beyond what most people are capable Mm -hmm. of and I'm really fascinated to I'd probably end up listening to the audiobook because I think it's that I think I would probably take it in better through oh yeah of an audio form but I actually listened to the audible for Barack Obama both of them actually becoming and Barack Obama's and it's him reading and it's his voice and it's so soothing and calming and it's like tell me any story it's fine (laughs) yeah I find it so much more interesting when it's them themselves narrating it as well because obviously they it's them telling their their own story in their own voice um and yeah it's definitely something I I mean I find American politics absolutely fascinating because it's so (laughs) it's so different to what it's like over although to be fair British politics is slowly getting more like American politics. I think the whole uh, parliament that you guys have is also very interesting to me. But that's because we don't have that here. Yeah, they like it. As systems, they do work really differently. And I I find like, from my perspective as like from across the sea, um, the American, like American politics seems to be, it it kind of centers a lot more around that, that one person. So the president, whoever they are, really sets like the entire tone and narrative of like Mm -hmm. politics for the time that they're in power 
and it's not it's not necessarily it's just not like that over here like um whoever's prime minister they don't because they're not sort of they don't get the same level of power i suppose because they're not technically the only one in charge mm-hmm. they sort of lead the government and they lead the party but they're really dictated by everyone in the party around them more so than anything else and we can change leadership multiple times while still having the same party in power yeah. without having another election um because if i mean boris johnson if he stepped down tomorrow and somebody else was elected only paying conservative members could elect someone else but we the general public would not have a say who takes that place because we've already elected the party to be in charge um so it's really not about the individual so much as about it's about the party and i find american politics so interesting because it seems it's just so different to that because it's it's so much more about the individual and i kind of find just the whole process of it fascinating i paid far more attention to the election results in america than i did (laughs) ones because well correct me if i'm wrong though but for your election it's like is it like four different parties and then it's not even the majority that wins it's whoever can uh, get groups together and then ends up having the majority at the end wins so even if one party gets the majority of the votes they could possibly not even win because other parties can get together is that Am I, I think, wrong in this? So I think it's kind of, um, I think it can be possible and it does work out that way sometimes, but it is, it's kind of, it's similar to the American system is quite, it's geographically based. So all of the UK is split up into smaller sort of counties and then subdivided into sort of um, uh, MP jurisdictions and that sort of mm-hmm. thing. So each area has their own member of parliament and people in that area vote for the member of parliament generally speaking um most people aren't familiar with who their actual member of parliament is because when they go to the ballot they just vote for the party because that tends to be the basis that they go on it's very rare that someone votes for an mp because they like that mp individually it's it's usually to do with the party they represent there are like so there are two main parties and then Mm -hmm. there are maybe three or four other parties that have a bit more of a footing and then a lot of independent parties so you can kind of have unlimited parties but realistically we have the two parties and they're the only ones that really ever have a hope of being just in like charge. america yeah mm-hmm. essentially so um they it's whoever has the most mp so it's very similar to the american system in that you know it's um whoever has the most of a certain number and it usually has to be a majority but um depending on how it's split you can have a minority government which can be overcome by forming a coalition with another party so that they then have enough votes so a few years ago we had um two parties form a coalition so that they formed a majority because neither no one had enough votes really to rule um see i find that so interesting though it's like i think the majority is some somebody like a a different party but then it just it's like a yeah not twist here it is it's a joke (laughs) yeah there's like um uh, so like s- Labour and Conservatives are sort of the two main parties. And if they both have, say, four, like mm, 45% of the vote each, then the other 10% of seats in Parliament will be made up by other parties. So if they can get them, it can be a different. But unfortunately, that coalition a few years ago, the Conservative Party is obviously still growing because they're still the dominant power and they have been in power for about 10 years now, longer. Oh. Um, because they've won um, the last five, I think, elections. Um, But the coalition they formed was with a party called the Liberal Democrats. And that coalition really harmed Liberal Democrats because realistically, they're more in line with sort of 
other with the other areas of the political spectrum um so because it really damaged them as a party they haven't recovered votes wise mm-hmm. since because it kind of made them seem like hypocrites um because they got blamed for a lot of the stuff that got done during that coalition despite the fact they didn't really have a lot of power to stop it but they it gave... often happens that way it's so <laughs> yeah sad. they they didn't have the power to stop it but they gave the power to the conservatives to do it so in a way they're yeah. kind of culpable um i but yeah politics i find politics like internationally just really interesting but i have a weird fascination with american politics so i'd probably be really <laughs> interested to hear a bit about think, barack obama i, I have i, have I think you and the rest of the world though find american politics interesting so you're not alone well We're it weird can here. become entertaining i mean did you see the last four years well Very i mean like look look at our politics though like so we pick people so we have the same type of system where every state has a representative and then based on your location in the state you get to pick what who represents your area um and then those are the guys that really kind of set the laws for the the area because you have to go through through congress here and you have to they set the laws they make the bills and pass them along and then the president just signs it or yeah or vetoes it which is, is it's not it's a rare thing where a president vetoes something because to get through Congress, you have to go through filibusters and all like agreements and rechanging of the bill. Like the Congress here, I think, has the most power Same. besides yeah. like a presidential. Mm. Um, uh, what is the what is the thing where they just sign it anyway? What's what's uh, that? Uh, oh my god, executive order. Yes, thank yes. you. Oh my god, <laughs> of course you would know. And right. <laughs> I uh yeah so the BBC over here in the UK has a specific podcast called Americast which just Ooh. discusses American news um from a British perspective so there's a British correspondent who's based over in America lives in Washington DC and then they have uh, an a a Texas journalist who also reports from like an American's perspective to help the Brits understand some of the stuff that might not make sense um, because it's all very complicated. And then we have sort of BBC journalists and they they have a lot of guests on there. And it's really fascinating because, I mean, they covered, I mean, the election, they cover they cover other news stories that go on in America. They did a lot of really amazing coverage of um, the Black Lives Matter um, protests and stuff over there. And I find it I find it useful because it's it's it puts it through the lens of, I suppose, britain where it kind of makes sense mm-hmm. um because some of it and explains the parts that don't translate necessarily over here because i know in like america each state obviously their governor and their sort of elected officials um they have probably a lot more power over their sort of state than i mean m- and members of parliaments don't really have power over their jurisdictions over here they they're just a person that we are allowed to email and say this is what we want and we can tell them and what we feel like and we vote for them but realistically they're just a person who just goes and puts our views as their area forward um but in terms of power they don't really run anything um they just sit in parliament to represent us um whereas i think in america states are more like it's like a collection of almost their own countries because the laws are different yeah. from and yeah uh, i it's it's so fascinating yeah, I was, with our own like mini president governor like well it's not president don't 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 teach he's people like the wrong the, thing i mean he's like he's like a miniature version of the president but just for that state he, yeah he just makes decisions for the state that he's governing but 
And I do, I do love the fact that each state has their own laws. And I do love the fact that a lot of the, is a federal laws don't, it's not that they don't apply for the state, but I do like that the state can make their own decisions. Yeah. Well, no, federal it's all law, one country. Federal laws are federal. So they go, everyone has. Sorry. Yes. you like, it's like the state, well, the state laws are per state. Although actually, after 2020, I would kind of prefer us to kind of get under one accord. Cause well, yeah. I was just going to tell you, like the whole um, legalizing marijuana thing is federally illegal, but states have gone and legalized marijuana. Yeah. So I don't think all federal laws apply to every state. Well, that just means, so that means the federal, so you could be prosecuted on a federal level Yes. for that crime, but that means if it's legalized in the state, the state can be like, yeah, you're, yeah, you won't be prosecuted on a state level. It's but like, I go mean, home if and the smoke FBI or something comes after you, then. But, I, but why would the FBI come if you're still in the state and you didn't break any law? You broke a federal law. So then anybody like the the federal whatever they can come right now the FBI and go into the legal shops and take them down? No. Well, I don't think I don't think that's a federal crime. Like I don't know what exactly our our marijuana laws are as far on the federal level, but um if it's something that breaks a federal crime, then the government can come in and arrest you for that federal crime regardless of what the local <clears throat> Law states. Yeah, I think the analogy um, I've heard used is like each governor of a state is kind of like the prime minister of that like area, so they have a similar sort of power, I suppose, to our prime minister because our prime minister doesn't actually make any decisions on their own. They are they are fully supported by like. Neither the royals, right? Team and party. Well, so, yeah, okay. So I had this debate with someone on Twitter, which really I should have known better. Um, <laughs> uh, I basically, my argument is ultimately the government runs the country because um, people like to say that, you know, the queen is still the head. She, yeah, she's still the head of state for the UK. So technically mm-hmm. she is, you know, the last word on everything. However, she's not involved with the running of the country day to day. And realistically, if the prime minister or the government goes to say, this is what we want to do, this is why we want to do it, as long as it's legal, she pretty much has to say yes. She doesn't. So she can't say no? She can't. Not really, no, because the whole the whole mm. reason we still have a monarchy and they've not been Tradition. overthrown by revolution um, is because they basically gave up any power they have to actually run the country to the government so to democracy um and in exchange they get to keep their palaces and titles and that sort of things and then they also have to forfeit huge amounts of their estates and money to I'm the country i'm so interested in this do you have <laughs> so, any recommendations of book i can pick up oh they, okay so i don't know about like generally but i know they've just published a new book about the queen because uh just about her life and that sort of thing which looks amazing um what is it i called? Uh, I think it is literally just called the Queen. Um, okay, I fitting. Yeah, it's. it's <laughs> I I was really tempted to get it because I'm really um I'm intrigued by Queen Elizabeth because I think she's I mean she's the old, longest reigning monarch now. I'm I'm intrigued by all your queens to be honest with you. My yeah, queen, queen Victoria is like. Yeah. I think so. The the Queen by Matthew Dennison is a recent one that's come out. But um, Dennison. in terms of like royalty, I just even though they are on paper 
the head of state and the queen is on paper the head of state when boris johnson went over and said oh i mm-hmm. want to you know renee i want to close parliament unconstitutionally and he was found to be breaking the law anyway um yeah. for two weeks and i want like essentially if the government decides that they're going to do it and it's got the support of the government it's got the support of, you know parliament and the house of lords and the house of, like, basically all the different places she can't say well i disagree <laughs> the whole the, her whole position has to be apolitical she has to be she has to not support either party so if we got a part if a different party came into power tomorrow and a different prime minister she would have to be just as supportive of them as she'd ever been with it she can't have alliances and because of that reason i my argument basically was i mean she she doesn't she's not in charge of the country no i agree with you (laughs) whoever argued with you on twitter must not know what they're talking about because i at this point i just feel like Look, I love royal the royals. I I'm intrigued, but it's mind-boggling that they're called the monarchs when they can't really control anything, and it's not a monarchy anymore. Oh, I still find it. I still find it bizarre that we have king uh, queen. <laughs> we, well, no, we have UK territories overseas. It's like no, yeah. we're in the 21st century. We should have UK territories in the UK. <laughs> Isn't Canada part of the Commonwealth? Um, yeah, so the Commonwealth, I think, is a l- not quite UK territories because they kind of, I think they're in charge of them. Well, they are in charge of themselves. Yeah. Um, but I don't really know how much it has actually, that actually plays into it. I do have a nice Canadian friend. I should ask about that. But something about <laughs> the Queen and Canada has, is to get, I know that there's something together. <laughs> I have noticed there's a lot more crossover between sort of Canadian culture and, and UK culture. I think it's, it, it tends to be um, quite close. And I mean... I just I find I find the monarchy sort of really fascinating. I do equally with the way they've all been behaving over the past like few years. <laughs> a few years, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I could also be quite happy with it ending with Elizabeth and that just being not Charles becoming king I have no strong feelings one way or the other about Charles or any of them really. Um, yeah. I think and most people are the same as me. Uh, I know um the news likes to highlight people like Piers Morgan who have got very strong feelings about the royal family and other people associated with the royal family however for the majority of the general public um, we don't want to hear about their lives all the time we don't care what countries they move to we don't care what they do in their spare time yeah does um, it bother you that your money pays a lot of their stuff well that's the thing it actually doesn't <laughs> So um, apparently the British taxpayer per year, um, per per British taxpayer, I will pay one pound per year that I pay tax towards the royal family. So one pound. What one pound? Yeah. So, so you know, over my lifetime of you know t- paying tax, um, say I, I mean, I think I started paying it when I was seventeen when I got my job. So I, you know, I'll probably pay it. I'll give. I'll contribute sixty, seventy, eighty pounds to their upkeep wow. for the rest That's of nothing. the thing. Well, and, it's something if you count every single person who pays that. Yeah, it definitely but, uh, adds yeah. up. It definitely adds <laughs> up. But like in the grand scheme of things, I'm happy for them to have my 70 pounds yeah. in my lifetime. And also it's like people don't seem to realize that actually a lot of what funds the royal family is technically their own money. Um, They own something called the Crown Estate. So they Mm -hmm. own a lot of property and the money that comes in from that property amounts to millions and millions of pounds. Say, I don't know the figure off the top of my head, but say it brings in, you know, 400 million pounds in a year. They forfeit 
probably 350 million of that or that kind of proportion. And they do a lot they of just charity work, give right? that well they just give it to the treasury so they just give it to okay. the UK treasury so that's then and then the in return so basically they give all their money to the UK treasury and then in return the UK treasury gives them a, a portion of it back which then goes towards Doesn't running to all me, of their sort of things so I don't necessarily and they bring in a lot of tourism and yeah. they they do a lot of other things as well so I mean I'm not a monarchist by any stretch of the imagination because like I say I don't really I can take them or leave them I don't really care what they're doing <laughs> like if Harry wants to live in America let him seriously yeah. <laughs> seriously <laughs> but, guys it's okay <laughs> like we can't keep him here against his will just let him leave um but um, he never really wanted that like role anyway. no He's he didn't and I don't blame him it sounds like a horrible yeah. job <laughs> but um and he has mental health issues like all of us but at least he talks about it and he's had trauma he had to deal with like leave the guy alone yeah I think I I I'm not I don't really I'm not very impressed with the way um <laughs> specifically the British media because I don't like press I don't think the general public really cares they're kind, we're actually all kind of sick of hearing about it because we don't care and it feels like the, the journalists care a lot more than we do and we're yeah. being forced to hear about it um because of it but yeah um because of what's happened over the last few years I would be surprised if support goes for them really because um like I say most people take them all leave them they don't really care about the royal family mm-hmm. but they do start to care about them if it's scandal after scandal after yeah. scandal and they have to just constantly keep on hearing about them it's like no we and also yeah prince andrew jesus i just give yeah him, i was just gonna bring that him, up like, give him to the fbi and then in return we just want the woman you. who killed harry dunn and then that's fine that's how it works but they're not gonna because they can't no way yeah i don't so, know how it's been sweeped like under the rug that somebody goes but prince andrew and then somebody goes no 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 he couldn't have it's not it, no 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 he was he just yeah. happened to be there one time well, he's nothing been, happened he so he's not officially been stripped of his like military rank i don't think but he was in the navy mm-hmm. and um there was this big to do at prince philip's funeral because um basically they weren't supposed to be wearing their military attire because they all have yeah. sort of ceremonial military attire and everyone said it was because harry basically doesn't have a military title anymore because they took it off they him know. when he moved which yeah. i um Stop think it. I is that's so weird like, it's really you... wrong because he still it's served in the military exactly <laughs> he was it's still... like somebody got a phd and then they get fired from a hospital so they're like yeah. okay you're no longer a doctor like it doesn't work that way yeah and out of everyone in the royal family he actually did a tour like he actually was yeah he actually him. went to he actually served in the military yeah. so if anyone deserves it it's him but there is theories that that wasn't really the reason why they weren't supposed to do it. The reason was they didn't want to see Prince Andrew in his naval uniform because they don't want to be associated with him. So they just said no one could wear it and then supposedly just let Harry. Um, Poor guy. He I cannot, like, I cannot back that up with any facts because oh, we'll never okay. be able to because <laughs> the royal family does not talk about these things ever. Um, but I think personally that that is more likely than they just said, oh, for the sake of Prince Harry's, you know, embarrassment, we're not going to do military thingy because he'd be the only one not in it because clearly based on the way they've behaved over the past like That's year, sucks. they don't really care and they would have been quite happy to let Harry stand there without any military attire personally i think i think it'd have to be someone else's reason but harry's my favorite i'm not gonna lie oh he's my favorite as well he's the best looking one he's the only one who doesn't <laughs> look like he got all the best jeans like i wasn't i wasn't gonna talk about his looks but i, was, <laughs> but I agree 
And it's funny because when I was much younger, I lived in Lebanon and I would watch obviously Princess Diana and like it was a big, yeah. big thing everywhere in the world. And when I would look at Harry and his brother, his brother was my favorite. But then I grew up. I'm like, oh, no. no. <laughs> like what? <laughs> yeah, I think I kind of have I must have a soft spot for gingers anyway, because my husband is also ginger. Oh, so that's maybe, cute. <laughs> maybe it's that. <laughs> no, he, Harry's cute. He's yeah, very yeah, good looking man. But yeah, anyway. Ma- massively interesting <laughs> tangent. <Yeah. laughs> oh no, it's fine. Honestly, I could talk politics and uh, and probably you know general news events all day. But honestly. this was a fun politic talk and not like angry. <laughs> no. Yeah, I I don't do angry politics talks. I have a lot of friends who have differing politi- political views, but we keep it civil. um c- civil and often uh, fun as opposed yeah, to anything right. else because otherwise it's just. Becomes it's just upsetting fun. for everyone. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> yes, but anyway, so we've done a promised land, which is an excellent political memoir. Which I think there's going to be another one too because he couldn't finish it, could he? He couldn't finish everything in the one. I book. didn't know there was going to be another one, but it's that large of a book. Yeah, yeah I think there's going to be a second pages. installment. I'm excited for that. It's a great book. I would oh so. Oh my gosh! Is it? Is it? I wonder if it's the continuation of. Well, I mean, the book does have when um trump became president of power so there is some part of after so i wonder if it just continues of what he did like remember when he went on vacation after he after trump became yeah. president and we were all miserable here and he was just surfing or having fun <laughs> i mean i st- after the eight years he had i think i, I would- know <laughs> no he deserved it but i don't think we deserved what we were getting here oh no yeah, definitely thanks no. obama no <laughs> no one deserved that and I yeah I think that was the thing that irritated me the most after the recent election that um Barack Obama and Michelle Obama and just the entire Obama family had to stand there and they had to be civil and they had to give the cordialities and they had to do all the things that they had to do for someone that they obviously did not like and did not think should be in power but they did it because it was their responsibility and their duty to their country and Trump had a tantrum because he couldn't do the same thing and I was just like are you kidding? For someone as repulsive as you, Michelle Obama smiled <laughs> and gave you guys gift and shook your hands and oh yeah yeah. And I was like, it, I was like, and you you can't even pretend to shake <laughs> Joe Biden's hand. <laughs> I was just, yeah, infuriating. But <laughs> A Promised Land, Volume One, possibly a Volume Two, yeah. um, is your fourth book. What will be your fourth book um, that will be joining on your list? So uh, I don't do a lot of politics and I definitely don't do a lot of memoirs. So my fourth book is going back to romance. What? That's two. (laughs) Okay. So the reason why this is the fourth book and it's romance is because this one is actually a fan fiction. Um, I feel a query about this. Yes, I did. I want to make sure that I can include it because, I, like I said, I read a lot and I want to make sure that that was not off the rules. But uh, so this one is called Didn't See It Coming and it's by the writer is For Forever 19. Um, Sorry. <laughs> look, I don't I expect. I know, I know, I know. I know fan fiction writers. I'm one of them, but it's just funny with the name. Go on. <laughs> uh, so this one is about is a Glee fan fiction. And it starts. 
Sorry, yeah. I didn't know there was Glee. Sorry, Glee fan fiction. Go on. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so yes, I actually read a lot of Glee fan fiction, but this one is about uh, Queen. I think this is set uh, either their junior or senior year, and the fan just broke up with her. And this is I don't it like this is very again author's universe. Everything that happened in canon kind of just gets thrown out the window. Except for some of the basic things like the teasing of the Glee Club and of Rachel and all of that. But this one has Quinn. She's just getting broken up with. She thought Finn was going to be her life. And I know that's confusing for people who don't know Glee. Yes, it's Finn. And then they decided to make the other character Quinn. And they did date in the show. I don't know why they chose those names. But so (laughs) Quinn, uh, Finn broke up with her. And now she just has to kind of rediscover herself. And she ends up walking to to Rachel's house. Like the first chapter is after the breakup. She randomly walks and it ends up in front of Rachel's house. And Rachel kind of, they have a, like a little talk. And they, they, not so much as form a friendship there, but she kind of tells Rachel a little bit what's going on. And this story uh, uh, it also does the switching where every chapter has a different point of view. So the next chapter is Rachel from Rachel's point of view. And this is also first person point of view, which I don't read a lot of first person point of view. Um, but this was easy to follow and I enjoyed it. So we see from both of Rachel and Quinn's point of view, as the story goes, how they form this friendship, how they, well, first, they, they're not so much enemies. They just don't have a... They're not as close. They know of one another. There was teasing in the past, but they've come to this middle ground. And now we just see them grow and try to connect. Rachel helps Quinn get over the breakup and helps her kind of come to accept herself um, as being gay. And then they form a relationship. And then they have to fight through the relationship because Quinn's family is the same you know, it's very non-tolerant, churchy, and... Yeah, I, um, I remember the episode where she tells them her news. <laughs> yeah, so it's those, those same... I think that's why I like fan fiction, because those same basic things, so if, like, I'm telling you about this story and you know some of her history, those kind of background things are the same. And Quinn has to just go through the rest of the story as discovering herself as as well first coming out discovering that she likes Rachel discovering that she wants to build this relationship with Rachel she has a point in there where she either has to pick Rachel and then over her family and even though she's going to college soon she these are the type of things that she has to think about because of her untolerating tolerating family and and that's why I picked the story, not so much because it was a romance, but because it's more so about these two women who, even though they're at that like 17, 18 year old age, they come into themselves, they learn more about themselves, discover what they, who they are as individuals, and then come together as, um, all while helping each other do this. So that's why it's, a, it, you know, it's romance at the end of the day, but it focuses more on character development part. That sounds, I mean, I haven't watched Glee in, God, so I used to watch Glee when I got back from school um, uh, when I was younger. And I I think I 
didn't watch like the very later seasons. I was very much sort of the original uh, first few seasons um, kind of viewer. But I, I found uh, yeah, I find the I find I definitely found the concept really interesting because like you couldn't get two characters more different from each other really yeah. in Quinn and Rachel, and they have, and that that plays a huge part of their stories in the actual series. Um, I definitely prefer the idea of them getting together over um, them fighting over Finn. <laughs> yeah, he, he wasn't that great of a character. I I didn't. He wasn't make a very. I don't think he was a very good boyfriend uh, personally, nope. like as a character. Um, when he when he was dating Rachel in the show, he frequently forgot that she was vegan, and it was just like he can't be bothered to. Yeah, remember this tidbit about his girlfriend. <laughs> yeah, de- I mean, I always preferred, I always preferred Rachel with um, if she was going to be with any of them, uh, she was with Jonathan Groff, who played oh, yeah. Jesse for a bit, and I always thought they made more sense together, even though he was a horrible person. And yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's just, just I suppose in terms of personality types, but um. Yeah, it's a pr- really interesting like exploration of it. Like, say, I don't I have because I haven't watched Glee in so long. I kind of you're making me want to rewatch it. Actually, actually thinking back to it um, because it's been um, a while. I I always found the way that they explored character development in Glee really interesting. And I find the concept of like doing that even further in fan fiction really interesting. Because well, yeah, I, I think I think the TV show there's a lot of characters, so you can't really explore every character fully in a TV show when there's so many, mm-hmm. but when you take it to fan fiction, that writer can decide to focus on one or two and we can see them grow into the people that as we were watching, we wanted them to be. Yeah. And that's, that's what this story did for me. It, it took Quinn from being that mean girl who was just so determined to date the popular kid until this, fully realized 18 year old who is like yeah I obviously this is who I am and I need to come to terms to accept who I am or even come to terms to accept hiding who I am mm-hmm. what's more important to me my family or just being true to myself and especially with this being like 2021 and pride month right now that's the story a lot of kids should so it's something that should have been in the TV show, I think, more, which which they kind of did with Kurt, but yeah, there was a there was a little bit of, I suppose, but definitely not as much as there could be, because I mean, I know my absolute favorite episodes, um, and as we progressed in the series, were when Kurt was with the Warblers, was it? Is that what the group mm-hmm. was called? Yeah, I really enjoyed that, and I recently found out, like years years later, that Grant Gustin, who plays the Flash, was also in glee and i didn't know and he was just like a background guy he had some singing to do but like they do explore i suppose a little bit of it and i feel like and i may be wrong but it was santana i feel like she hadn't or maybe britney santana she does so those were later i didn't watch past season uh, since the beginning of season three so I didn't mm-hmm. see Santana's whole coming out thing but I like she had a rough one where her her parents I think accepted her but then her her grandmother didn't yeah um also in Glee there was uh so you rung up the flash there was Supergirl she was actually in the in Glee as well in oh, the later seasons yes I I I think I'm probably not far off I, I think I I remember Santana's sort of um coming out and that sort of thing but I 
and and roughly when sort of Kurt goes to the Warblers and that sort of but I don't really remember much after that because I think as they started bringing in even more new characters mm-hmm. and the focus was less on my favorite characters which were the originals um I kind of my interest kind of waned a little bit but um I I definitely it's definitely something that could be explored more especially in sort of what was at the time a very popular mainstream tv show it was something that a lot of young people watched and to see have that representation there would have been really good and I mean and helpful because I think Kurt's story whilst it was really um I suppose while it was interesting to watch it's not this that's not the quintessence it's not the same experience that everyone will have and I suppose it's good to be able to explore different sides of that as well yeah because quit or because Kurt had more so he had a from the very beginning he was out and he had this accepting father Mm. and again the Santana thing they they kind of showed her coming out and then having the grandmother that didn't so much as agree but they did like if it was Quinn who did it we it would have been a little it would have been I think a little more impactful because it's she already has this father well well parents who are religious and then the father who kicked her out of the house um and then now she's back in the house with the mother but then the mother could have tipped like this could have been a tipping point for the mother and that's kind of what happened in a lot of the stories from glee they show like if they want to do the first season as it happened and then they take off from there and do something different Mm -hmm. they'll show the biggest obstacle for Quinn if she were to come out would be her mother and her fighting whether she wants to give up the last person in her family that yeah. she has after her father then went off and did whatever he does. Yeah, definitely. I side note, not quite thinking, but um Kurt's dad is probably he's like one of my favorite he was one of my favorite characters when I watched it because I just loved him so much because he was always trying so hard and his heart was so in the right place and didn't always get it right but I just I remember that was very important though to have him to show him doing that though as a parent and that's that was pretty great I'll give I'll like I'm gladly giving Glee props where (laughs) where it deserves its props it was there was issues that could have they could have done things different, yeah. but I'll let them be great where they were great. Yeah, it was uh, definitely. And I mean, oh, I mean, so much is supposed to come out. It's, it's. I mean, there's still Glee franchise going even now, isn't there? There's, it's still, it's not completely gone. It's just different. It's like. I don't, I don't know if there's like a TV show or, or anything like yeah. main media that they do, but. I know the fandom like I've I've been in many fandoms over the years because I've like started reading fan fiction in I want to say eighth or ninth grade and a lot of the fan fictions kind of dwindle out as the show ends but this is probably the longest fandom I've read for that still has great works coming out like this story came out uh let me see did I write down when it came out uh this story was published in 2019. So, you know, it's, it's recent. Yeah, exactly. So people are still writing for this fandom. And unlike Buffy, like I, I started off with the Buffy fandom. <sighs> Buffy. And, <laughs> and, and those those stories, though, are they have kind of really dwindled down. Yeah. 
and you don't see a lot of people writing new things for him. But Glee, there's a lot of new things for Glee, and I really appreciate the writers for keeping it going because I enjoy those characters a lot. Yeah, me and my best friend rewatch Buffy. Um, <laughs> just generally, <laughs> on a regular basis, we'll have that thing. And I, yeah, I, I don't actually. I would probably, I might, might duck my head into the land of Buffy fan fiction because I imagine <laughs> that's. Like? I okay, so I have. <laughs> Sorry. I was I not wow. like I was not like a huge Angel fan personally. Yeah. Like I was, and then I wasn't, and then I like He's too good. I like Spike a lot better as a character. And I don't know whether it's because of his accent or because he's funnier than Angel, or I don't know what it is. And because the, he's the best, yeah, we just don't talk best. about that one episode. <laughs> yeah, did, there's the, the writers did that, not Spike. Well, that's the thing. Joss Joss Whedon is. A man who makes choices. Um, <laughs> I like, love the way you put that. And like a man, like all men who make choices, sometimes they're not good ones. And mm-hmm. uh, yeah, he's. I mean, it's it's obviously Buffy's definitely a product of its time. Like, yeah, in a big way. Yes. <laughs> I and I find it really. I find that whole era of like television are really interesting because it's like. That That's sort of nineties, noughties, um, high school drama with a supernatural element. Because I watched, so I've, been, I've watched Buffy, I've watched most of Smallville, and oh, yes. um, I, me and my husband recently started watching like One Tree Hill because we'd never seen it wait that's also that's not one tree hill is a some type of fantasy it doesn't or? have super, that's the one that doesn't oh, have supernatural okay, elements okay. but they're all sort of set in high school during a yeah. sort of similar time like 90210 and, in gossip girl <laughs> yeah and it's kind of really strange how even though like super <laughs> smallville buffy and one tree hill are completely different shows like the yes. vibe of them is completely different but the themes are so so similar i mean especially with smallville and buffy because they've got those supernatural elements like smallville's very sort of happy and it's very upbeat yeah. and that sort light. of thing most of the time it's very light yeah. yeah and you can i mean you only have to put like the theme tunes next to each other to be able to see basically the tonal difference between the two but essentially they are the same show in their structure and in the way that they handle stories over there mm-hmm. seven to 10 seasons um supernatural like the the show supernatural falls into that category yeah i i i've been meaning so i've never watched supernatural (gasps) wow (laughs) because so i was used to be a huge doctor who fan and uh, i was used to okay so i haven't watched it in a while (laughs) i'm not i am not up to date with doctor who so i am i am a up to matt smith doctor Who. oh he's he's my second favorite because david tennant uh, is my of course (laughs) of course he's He's the best one one. he's my doctor he's Um, my doctor too (laughs) i do eventually want to like catch up and watch them all but like i was a big fan of doctor who i really enjoyed sherlock and i know the super who lock fandom oh my god yes banded together that's so funny you said that my yeah. Tumblr name was Super Who Avenge Lock because I also liked Avengers. <laughs> yeah, literally Super wow. Who Lock was like um it was kind of like I followed it all so I saw I've been exposed to a lot of the supernatural memes and yeah. information just sort of because it was always coupled with Sherlock and Doctor Who stuff. 
um so i know in my heart that i will love it when i eventually get a chance to watch it but I'm it's another still show going <laughs> merlin would you please oh my god me. i love Merlin. okay i haven't Thank watched god. it since i was a kid because it used to be shown on cbbc here in the yes. uk well, like BBC every day was. um like we had so like cbbc is like the kids bbc channel and merlin along with a few other tv shows i absolutely adored mill and i it's I on netflix it. over here and i really just want to rewatch it from the beginning i will rewatch it merlin oh i just mm-hmm. love merlin i love the relationship between merlin and arthur and that was- i just like the show well, she, she, she likes morgana that's what it is <laughs> well i love lena so or, i i think sorry, all I of the female all of the female characters in merlin were just great for very unique reasons yeah like, I, I love a do. i love a bad guy anyway i like like i love it when you get a really awesome female supervillain yeah like morgana herself yeah like morgana. i just think she's just she's yeah I, I i do need to rewatch that as well i need Me to rewatch too. that i need to watch all of doctor who um because I'm, I'm actually, actually really last season of Do- like i'm you do know a girl i, do, I don't want to continue that sentence yes that- yeah, yeah okay okay so i'm, I'm where the girl started yeah, I am very disappointed in myself having not watched 13's seasons because I feel like I need to support Jodie Whittaker in her triumph of becoming the first female Doctor. Yeah, um, I'm surprised there's no Ginger Doctor yet because that's been, yes, like D- David. Tennant it's an ongoing joke with a yeah. hint there, but there's some people like the theory that I've heard a lot of the time is um, a lot of people want Rupert Grint to play Ooh, the Doctor one day, but he's even- not really there I yet. Think- but is he acting still? I don't know, actually. I've not seen him in anything recently, but he's but got... But I see him. He's just had a I baby. Wish... Oh. Yeah. I mean, not, not no <laughs> offense. That, that came out very negative. Oh, congratulations. <laughs> yeah, I think Rupert Grint had a baby fairly recently. It might have been like two years ago now, but okay. what is time? I haven't kept track of it. Like... That's so funny. Oh, but yeah. You like I... a lot of great sh- Like, you like a lot of my shows. I like that. <laughs> I found that more often than not, like even when I have people on the podcast and we we get chatting about books and we have completely different tastes in books it's always really strange where like our other areas of interest crossover. <laughs> yeah I like that a lot. Well we are actually on our fifth and final book for both of your lists so um, ending with a bit of finale what is going to be the last book that you guys take with you? So it's kind of funny because <laughs> um, now I'm choosing a fan fiction. I bet you didn't expect that, Renee, did you? <laughs> I mean, sure. I didn't, <laughs> but go on. <laughs> okay. So I know we were just talking about Merlin and stuff. I do, and Supernatural, Super Who Avenge Lock. So I'm just going to say that name. <laughs> I do read, those are my fan fiction fandoms that I read. However, the story that I chose, I read maybe 15 years ago, and it's a story that has stuck with me. I often think about it. And I not only that, I went to the website, which is, this is going to show my age, but it's an angelfire.com website. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> and I've actually taken every single chapter and put it in my own uh, Google Docs because if it ever disappears off the internet, I have to have that book or the story. So it is not a super who avenge lock story. It's a real person fiction. And I kind of don't want to really say who it's about, but I'm just going to tell you what it's about. So it's, it's very interesting in a sense that 
it's set on these famous people. And this was written back in 2003. So you can imagine who the famous people were at the time. So um, they're at this big industry um, party where something bad happens. And maybe I should, hold on, I, I'm going to have to tell you. So there's a guy, the main guy, one of the main guys is in a band. And the other main guy is a famous rapper. So they don't really get along because the genre of the music that they do is completely different. One is pop, one is rap. It's just not something that, especially in 2003, it did not mingle well together at the time. I don't know if you know who were famous at the time. Like I'm talking about like pop bands. Um, to, to reveal my age, I think I was about four. So. Oh, Jesus. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> You're very young. Okay. So it, just imagine like a One Direction with like oh, okay but like before one direction oh yeah yeah way be- one direction probably weren't born yet when this- <laughs> <laughs> so so the main guy from the band um gets assaulted i don't want to use the word but it gets sexually assaulted uh-huh. and um the rapper actually walks in on that while it's happening and he ends up like obviously breaking it up and then just saving the guy and then he takes the guy because they're at a very public industry where all eyes are on them and there's media so he kind of finds a way with the bodyguards to sneak from the back of the party and he takes them home and he cleans them up and then that's when like he helps him heal from the trauma that he just went but it's about the whole relationship and it's how they build and how he's taking somebody who, especially at the time, could not come out because it's, it was such a big deal in the early 2000s. Like, especially famous people would not come out and say, hey, I'm gay. So it was a very closeted helping each other and getting in a relationship. And that whole story is very tough, but also at the same time, very nice the way they heal and the, the whole process of getting better. And that's the story has been stuck with me. I didn't even tell you what it's called. It's called Complicate Me. And the author's name is Cat B. That's as far as her name was. So I can't really tell you more. But it's such an intense, trauma-filled story that I love because it's a romance too. So it's it's just it was amazing for me. I like a lot of angst when I read fan fiction but I, I've never been into the like the hurt comfort tag on AO3 because I don't care for those this was long before AO3 and there were well no I'm tags. just saying that it'll be like <laughs> if this was on AO3 it would I did be immediately. under hurt comfort yeah I did immediately think of that and actually that is a trope name that I've only just learned because um I joined a readathon this month and one of the fun one of the bingo card things was um the hurt has the hurt comfort trope. Which book like, um it's it's one that's actually been run by some booktubers that I follow. So it's called Fun. it's a Studio Ghibli um readathon themed. Wow. Um and it's being hosted by a bunch of booktubers um through Discord. And then they've done like a bingo card and they're gonna be some movie streams because I've never seen any Studio Ghibli films either and I really need to fix that. Yeah. So I'm going to this month. And um yeah and one of them was the hurt comfort trope and I was like what what does that I was like I feel like I know what that means but what does it mean and I googled it and then I realized it was a fan fiction tag and I was like ah 
<laughs> I definitely read books with that in it. <laughs> yeah, a lot of that. And then usually you get no warning. It's a surprise. That's what's going to happen. Yeah. Look, it's not fan fiction. You, you just read the book and figure it out. <laughs> But anyways, this the story was, like I said, long before AO3 was never on fanfiction.net, but it was on Yahoo groups. Fanfiction.net so. was the website that I did use when I read fanfiction. <laughs> Their search thing is not as good as um, AO3. So uh-huh. I don't recommend fanfiction.net if you want to go into like the and tags it's full and stuff. Of ads now. So it's like, that's um, annoying. Yeah, yeah. I, I actually think I might have published fanfiction on fanfiction.net <laughs> me too <laughs> i think so i i definitely i used to write a lot when i was a lot more when i was younger i don't really write um fiction now because i just all of my creativity has been strung out of me from work and writing reports <laughs> yeah. um but, but i think i might have when i was quite young and i don't know whether i ever actually made it onto fanfiction.net or just got saved onto a laptop what was that it, now about? Defunct. it was probably the host because i was obsessed oh. <laughs> with that book when i read it that's so funny i can't believe that's a movie too that movie's so bad though they're all bad <laughs> all the movies are bad they're, like all the bo- movies that are her books are horrible i have t- i have told this story before on the podcast but literally my best friend now does not trust my judgment in movies even, <laughs> even as much as i do don't trust my dad's judgment in movies because i made her pay to see the host and she's never <gasps> forgiven it was horrible it. i'm not gonna lie that that movie was horrible <sighs> But it's got the such ending good was casting. worse. Yes, it does. wasn't it? Robbie Mel, is it? No, it was um, uh, Max Irons, Jake Abel, and Who's... um, Sir. Oh, Brown. it's from Supernatural. The yeah, so t- the guy's Jake... from Supernatural. Uh Jake Abel played uh Luke from Percy Jackson: The Lightning Thief. Never seen as that. Well, and Saoirse Ronan's been in loads of stuff and she deserves some kind of award, but it just seems like she's amazing in what is what are generally just okay films. Like she's always fantastic, but the films she's in aren't oh. as fantastic as she is and she needs yeah. to just be put in something that's amazing so that she can win something for it because she's a fantastic actress. And Max Irons, I don't know if he's famous for anything else, but his dad voices Scar <laughs> in Lion King. Um, but the acting is really good and uh, well the, the, the casting was really good and I had such high hopes for it and then the film was terrible but uh, yeah I That's loved fun. the host so that was probably the only thing I wrote fan fiction about and probably Harry Potter because I think basic. it's weird that a lot of younger people who get into fan fiction they start with like fanfiction.net and then us, o- us older ones was like no there was Yahoo, Yahoo Goose and then the Angels and, and even like there's this one site that's been around forever called Ralph's Perfect and per- <laughs> No, well, that's just another hosting site. Like yeah. it was hosted everywhere online and then fan fiction became like this hit thing. And then for whatever reason now, a lot of young people want to go to Wattpad, which is stupid. And I don't a lot understand. Of people are, yeah. I've heard a lot about Wattpad. I've never used Wattpad. I had a lot of people in school recommend it to me. But I think See? fanfiction.net is probably the first stop because if you want to read fan fiction and you Google fan fiction, yeah. I imagine fanfiction.net comes up first. And you're like, Actually, yeah, that's what I want. Archive, it's not a bad archive, site. Uh, it just has ads, which is stupid. But Wouldn't archives of our own pop up first? I, I mean, like it should definitely be just if not the first one, like if fanfiction.net is first, it should be the second because that's that should be even more popular today. No, and yeah. The tagging system is 
a hundred percent better. It's won awards for its tagging system, so that's how I have great it is. never been on a site that has as amazing and impeccable search results as AO3. Yeah, you like can, e- any type of site, it like any outside of fan fiction, the tagging yeah, anything, system is period. amazing. And they're still in beta, which I don't understand. I don't think they're ever. I think that's just part of their aesthetic now. <laughs> They've been in beta for like 15 years that I've been on that. So I it's, don't know uh, what's happening. It's symbolic to mean that they'll never be the finished product. They're always <laughs> yeah. developing. They're always in beta. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So complicate me by Cat B. You've got a, you've got your own sort of saved copy for, you know, the I event do. of potential internet breakage or... <laughs> Yes, but I'm telling you, you can literally find the, the angelfire.com website, which is a hosting site. I guess it still exists because it's still there. You can find her story, <laughs> but just know there's a lot of trigger warnings in this one. Yeah. I've always wondered, though, about those sites that are still up that like the person who was writing for it no for longer write. Right, they're exactly. Free. Like, no, no, no. What, did they Angel buy like a 20 year thing? No, they're free. Angel Fire, GeoCities were all free. Oh, were they? Oh, yeah. okay. Well, you would pay if you wanted to get the domain and stuff, but these are free hosting websites. That's why I'm gotcha. surprised angelfire.com is still up. Like, like who's, who is the main person? It's probably a bit like um, WordPress, I suppose, because WordPress in its basic form is free. Yeah, and if you yes. don't ever close your account, I imagine it just stays there forever. It should, so. especially if you go to um, waybackmachine.com or something which gives you like old internet websites that's still anything well, that's been indexed yeah anything great. that's been indexed i feel but like something... you guys need to do a like an, a podcast episode about like fan fiction hacks for anybody who needs to know because <laughs> i definitely so use our, i definitely use the wayback machine for things that i can't find yeah, or for too. those stories where the author does that thing i don't like and make it a book and then take the story Changing down it. Yeah, and well, like, I'm okay with them doing the whole book thing for people that don't read fan fiction, but it's like, I was a fan before, so I shouldn't be penalized by you removing the story now. Maybe (laughs) they should come up with a system, whereas if they publish it and you can prove that you were a fan and supported it before it was published, (laughs) you get a free ebook. Oh, that would be okay with that. That would be nice. To, so to any fan fiction writers who wish to become published, take that into account and you get mm-hmm. to keep your, your fans. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so that is your fifth and final choice. What yes. will be... So we're on the very last book of both of your lists and then we can um, summarize what, all, what stories our listeners can go and check out. So what is the very last choice of yours? Uh, well, I went back to mystery here. That's a favorite genre of mine. So mine is People Like Her by Ellery Lloyd. Um, and it's about a Instagram mom. She She's Instagram famous. That. Yeah, I know. It was really good. Yeah. <laughs> she's, she's Instagram famous uh, for being a mom and just like showing the real or raw lifestyle of being the mom or whatever. Her husband is a writer who is not as successful. And those are the two main point of views. And at the end of, I think, each of their chapters, there's this mystery third voice. So this audiobook had three narrators. And at the end of each of the chapters, there's this mystery third voice who 
you learn from the very beginning is the antagonizer and she has this beef with the Instagram mom and she she's just showing so the story goes from their entire life or from their not their entire life but their days after she the mom is trying to get even more famous she's trying to get onto a tv show and the dad is just dealing with his famous instagram famous wife and looking after the kids and then at the end the little uh, sections where the this random woman is telling you about how she essentially is stalking the family why she doesn't like the family and i thought that that was very interesting to see early on like who is gonna be the the villain of this story and you get to learn episode or chapter by chapter why she's the villain of this story so you get to learn a little bit more about her about like her her family life and her motivations behind wanting this woman harmed um and it was just like it was a different take on a mystery because it wasn't so much as who did it it was just a why did they do it and how they are going to do it because you don't learn how it happens until the end. I mean, I th- yes, that sounds really, and you, it's a recent read, so it's obviously made like a big impression. I find it interesting tackling like, I suppose, Instagram influencer fame as a topic and its impact on people around them because I <laughs> have feelings about people. <laughs> on the, I mean to be fair people making uh, there's some really amazing like I suppose what you'd call influencers mm. on Instagram and that sort of thing but I find it really fascinating people who are able to make entire careers I suppose and money out of um, I suppose parenting and um, just day-to-day things that I suppose every well most people do um, well I think that speaks to just like the consumers yeah want of seeing uh, like these random people do things and want that validation of okay it's okay because she also does it too with her kids and I think that influencers which this book kind of talked about how the influencers show you just like very specific moments in their life and it's not always authentic so she showed Mm -hmm. herself as being this this mom who struggles with kids that might have throw, might throw tantrums and might be messy and not being able to clean her house every day, how she, uh, how the standard or how media wants you to say moms need to be able to clean their mm-hmm. house, cook and do all of this. And she shows her life as being very unpopular for uh, how the society tells us to be. Although in reality, she's she's just she's just like how society wants us to be. She can she keeps her house very structured. But when she has an interview that comes like they come over to film her, she throws things around. So it doesn't look like she's very structured. Yeah. And it's just it's very like, yeah, I like can the imagine. Opposite. And it's very how I imagine influence are in real life where they just pick and choose the things that they want us to see. And we just kind of eat it up because reasons. Yeah, that's it's really it's an interesting phenomenon. It's it's a very sort of contemporary and recent phenomenon as well that I I'll be interested to see what stories are told about it like this one and future ones. Um so mystery sort of I, I mean I have to see I'm trying I'm trying not to ask questions that contain spoilers. <laughs> um 
too. So <laughs> I would, you would ask me and I would give you the right answer without and, thinking about it. I, yep. <laughs> I'm trying not to spoil for readers, for listeners who might want to read the book themselves um, more so than for myself. Cause I uh, happen to be a reader who doesn't really mind spoilers. If someone tells me what happens, I'll probably still read it anyway. <laughs> yeah I'm the same way see? it just it just yeah just I it doesn't take away the enjoyment unless it's something that I suppose I de- I desperately didn't want to happen or don't want to read and then that might prevent me from reading it but it's not the knowing that stops me <laughs> but uh yeah so I mean in terms of the change in perspectives you said is it quite I mean do we I suppose that would be the mystery, wouldn't it? We don't know straight away. Um, would you recommend the audiobook because it has those different nar- narrative voices um, if someone wanted to check it out? Yeah, I definitely would say give the audiobook a try because I, I think I started reading this one when I was like on a treadmill or listening to this when I was on a treadmill. So that was, it kept me going on the treadmill because the story was interesting. And then when I first got to that part where we heard this third voice, and I didn't know who she was. I didn't know how she connected with the characters. And I was just so confused. And it just, it kept me going until the end of the second chapter where we hear her voice again. So I would definitely say audio is worth it just because also the different narrators. Awesome. And I uh, I think that's a really great place to sort of leave it. Because I mean, with it being a mystery, I don't want to, if people really want to check out a mystery that centers around sort of Instagram influencing and people who might want to cause them harm I think that that's a really good place to sort of leave it would yeah. you guys mind listing off your five choices just for the benefit of um, any listeners so they can um, just be reminded of all five of them for each of you of course. so for me it was the Gilded Ones by Namina Forna the History of Sexuality source book edited by Matthew Kuffler I'll Be Gone in the Dark, <clears throat> One Woman's Obsessive Search for the Golden Gates, a Golden State Killer by Michelle McNamara, A Promised Land by Barack Obama, and Complicate Me by Cat B. And my five are uh, The Gilded Ones, <laughs> <laughs> the, Rome Mac- the Rome McElroy by K.L. Hughes, uh, Home Before Dark by Riley Sager, Didn't See It Coming for For or by Four Forever 19 fan fiction, and then People Like Her by Ellery Lloyd. Excellent. Both really unique and mixed lists, because I don't think we've actually had any nonfiction on the podcast before, so that's very exciting (laughs) to have those choices in there. And we've definitely not had any fan fiction, so definitely unique choices, but all sound really, really interesting and something that, um, and some that I definitely I need, I would like to check out myself personally. So you said the, <laughs> I think you said this is the most difficult task anyone's ever set you. <laughs> yes, um, it was. Do you quickly want to pay mention to any of the books that you wanted to add to your list but couldn't quite squeeze into the five? Yeah, I'm actually going to give you five more names. <laughs> just, no. just the names, just the names. Stranger Beside Me. Born a Crime, which is um, Trevor Noah's memoir. The Trial of Joan of Arc, which is my other historical book that I really like. Harry Potter and Becoming by Michelle Obama. Awesome. Any particular Harry Potter? I feel like I've got a... I've got I a- honestly... You, you, I love the third one the most, but okay, I would... That's my favorite. I would, is it? Okay. <laughs> See, we have a lot of the same 
opinions but <laughs> I think I would go with the first book only because I'm a type of person that likes to start from the beginning yes but the third one is my favorite hands down the, yeah I the third one's my favorite I think because I find that it's the happiest of the books um because <laughs> the the least bad stuff happens in it um <laughs> but uh the first one is where I suppose all the magic starts which is um a really nice place to start yeah um what about your um honorable mentions Mary how is uh any that nearly made it didn't quite make it um I don't actually really have honorable mentions I did like there was one so when I picked my fan fiction I wanted to uh we have like a uh, lolly uh, and I and a friend have a competition every year for how many books we can read and Healthy since I read fan fiction we keep that minimum word count to 40k so that's kind of what I went with here and while uh, for the four forever 19 story here was like 400,000 words. She had one that I just read, which was <clears throat> like 20,000, which was really good. And that would be my honorable mention. It's called uh, promises. And it was super short, but it was just like a very, it kind of goes into that hurt comfort thing, except for more, it's very angsty. And that's why I picked it. But it was just too short for me to pick as a book. So that's why I didn't make it a top five. I feel like you definitely made up for it with a 400,000 yeah. story. I uh, I found uh, a lot of uh, guests tend to try and go for the longest books that they really want to read again, because they want to have the most pages to <laughs> to yeah, absorb themselves with when they're uh, cast away and uh, I mean 400,000 words that is a hefty yes <laughs> that, that, yeah, that would I've be checked. big that's bigger than any Game of Thrones book so I was pretty it, like happy with myself is yeah. it like Barack Obama's book oh I didn't check how long his book was <laughs> I didn't even know that was long until you mentioned it it's like 750 pages <laughs> yeah that's ridiculous it's like quite 20 big hour audible I think like I think the longest audiobook that I've heard of was one that my husband was listening to. It's The Complete Works of Sherlock Holmes, as narrated Ooh. by Stephen Fry. And it's 79 hours of audiobook. Wow. God. <laughs> well, I listened to the entire Harry Potter series on audiobook. And my, let me tell you, that narrator is amazing. He's phenomenal. He's yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, he, he does do a really good job. He also narrates. I just bought an, another audiobook with him narrating. Um, and it's the Jeeves collection by P.G. Woodhouse. Um, and that's about 40 hours of audiobook as well, because it's um, four or f- it's a collection of four or five different yeah. stories and books. Um, so I'm really looking forward to getting into that just because um, I can just imagine Stephen Fry uh, and his narration and his accent doing uh, Jeeves. I just think it would be really awesome. So I'm really looking forward to that one. Well, thank you guys so much for sharing your lists um this was so much fun it's such an interesting discussion i had no idea we were going to go down a politics monarchy <laughs> fan fiction um <laughs> true crime <laughs> true crime <laughs> um path like all of the paths no stone was left unturned and i just it was so much fun <laughs> um so if anybody um listening wanted to check out your podcast and check out um your other book recommendation or fan fiction fiction recommendations um where might they be able to find you guys to do that well, they can find the podcast on most major platforms, so Spotify, Apple, iHeart, Pandora. We're I'm all sure. there. It's called Book Shrine. You can find our Instagram for all of our links uh, at Book Shrine. It's 
the same. And then you can also find us on Twitter and it's at the book underscore shrine because someone has stolen our name. <laughs> Rude. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, I definitely recommend uh, listeners go and check out um, The Book Shrine. I really enjoy your guys' episodes. I listen to it personally, and it's a lot of fun. A lot of great recommendations there. Well, we do have a website too, Renee. You want to tell them? Oh, yeah. So this is new new here. Um, Our website is bookshrinepodcast.com. And you find all of our episodes there. And we have some blog posts that we're working on there. awesome nice central place to go and find everything um if listeners wanted to check out uh our social medias anyway we are at book to last pod on twitter and instagram um because podcast was too long to fit on the twitter handle so just (laughs) at books always something with twitter (laughs) yes and you can find uh, books last podcast in all the places you can find book shrine um and uh yeah most of the places where podcasts can be found so um go and check us out over there check out book shrine and our wonderful um co-hosts today because they are excellent and uh yeah listeners thank you so much for listening and until next time bye for now bye see ya